Pod. Hey everybody, uh, welcome back. Uh, Jacob and Simon here. Um, Jacob, today is it's a special day, um, and I think in if we look back at how Six Pod has evolved over these past six or seven months, I think there's been like certain milestones that this podcast has kind of like gone through i think the first one was most definitely getting approved on spotify i think that was a a key one uh and i think then the next one was uh, our hardware upgrades Uh, we've got some some microphones and and things like that and and shout out to your parents because they kind of initiated and and kick-started that process and i think i think today uh, and and getting a, a website is another one of these milestones so um yeah we've got a website uh sixpod.com uh the number six followed by ix um pod pod dot uh, com check us out uh, it's live and yeah jacob it's super uh, super exciting yeah simon it's yeah gotta give a special shout out to simon he put a lot of work into this he made it look awesome so if you guys please get a chance uh, we're going to be pushing this regardless, but if you do see it and you're listening now, Simon put a lot of work into that. So thank you to Simon. It looks awesome. And we're super excited for just kind of doing more with this podcast. Um, but anyway, Simon, let's get into it for today. Um, a lot of excitement going on. Me and Simon are actually pretty fired up. We're going to try and calm it down a little bit, bring it back down to some some sports talk. But we'll start off this week. Talking about the Blue Jays, uh, they just finished a weekend series with the Tampa Bay Rays, and they won the series 2-1. Um, arguably should have swept, had a tough game yesterday, but something to note from the game today, Hanjin Ryu had to leave the game with a strained glute. Um, the Jays have said it's a minor injury, so it hopefully is not something that affects him long-term. It's maybe at max, like a 10-day IL kind of stint, but hoping that that he comes back as soon as possible because, you know, he's a huge part of this team, our ace, one of our best players. Uh, we need him if we want to be successful 100%. Simon, another thing in terms of kind of roster activation, injury kind of moves, George Springer is supposed to make a come, not a comeback. He's supposed to make a debut this week for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, Montoyo said that ideally he gets to play in the Washington series because it's a two game series and on either side of the series is a day off. So that's a good way to kind of ease him back in to, to the everyday baseball grind. Um, but Simon, how excited is it? How exciting is it to just the prospect of George Springer, you know, starting his stint with the blue Jays officially? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's super exciting, especially since he was, uh, the marquee signing of the offseason and and really a a key part of you know how the Blue Jays approached their their offseason acquisitions and I think it's really really exciting. I think like the players are are excited for that change and having that support both uh, offensively and defensively. And I also think it allows us um, and referring to both fans as well as analysts because I think we fall in both but more of yeah, we're the, both 100 more of the latter um i think uh i think it allows us to like really um accurately analyze and evaluate how good the this team is um both as i mentioned offensively and defensively i think you know the, you know when when springer comes in we can we can really see how how this team you know, there people people believe this team's a contender, right? You know, that's that's their um that's their goal for this season. And and I think when Springer comes, I think it allows us to kind of like actually see the like how valid those hopes and those kind of goals are for this this team, this young, young team. Yeah. Where are you at? I agree. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Like as of right now, we're 10 and 11 and we're in third in the AL East. Um, that's not a bad spot to be in considering 
we do not have our $150 million man. We don't have our number one prospect, Nate Pearson, and we don't have our silver slugger from last year, Teoscar Hernandez. Um, like I said, we're, we're doing okay without three guys that are, are pretty important to this team's success. And so I'm excited just to see what Springer, especially Springer, brings to the table for this team. I think he's going to bring it offensively, defensively, just kind of culture-wise, he's going to set a tone for this team. Jacob, I have a question. And uh, that we, I didn't bring this up in our pre-talk or kind of our, our on how we're going to plan this episode, but I, I think it's important because this is something that I've noticed and I, I have no um, background in frequency of injuries or anything along those lines in baseball. I just, just don't have any background in it. So uh, is this amount of injuries common in baseball? Like we've had significant men down both in terms of like numbers and just like the stature of the players. Tiasco Hernandez is an important player for this team. Um, George Springer, an important player on this team, Nate Pearson, Ryu. Like these are like huge, huge, uh, you know, parts of, of this team. And I'm, is this a Jays thing? Is this a shortened season thing? Is this a coaching thing? Because I'm, I'm noticing that like, there's a lot of players injured consistently on this team is this special i would say the frequency of the jays like especially the beginning of the year where they were down even robbie ray yeah um a couple other bullpen pitchers that are still like jordan romano julian merriweather who had a great start to the season is on the aisle now you're right it is it is a little do you think it's like a training and development issue with like the jays medical staff just not being able to nurse and train and rehab like what's like i just don't know if base if injuries in baseball are this common and like listen i understand george springer has he's injured but like man significant games for as you mentioned the 150 million dollar man right i don't i don't know so in baseball a lot of the movements you're doing are, are pretty explosive and they're isolated a lot of the time because think about Think about an outfielder, Simon. An outfielder cannot touch the ball the whole game. And then he's got to come to the plate and take three fairly explosive swings, right? And so I would say a lot of the time when people are kind of resting, um, aren't really used to, you know, that movement, and then suddenly go up, do these movements, these quick explosive movements, especially pitching, um, you're going to have moments where, where you are feeling discomfort and soreness. And I, I'm going to be honest, Simon, even as a baseball player, a lot of the injuries in baseball, like a hockey player would hundred percent play through like a lacrosse player, hundred percent play through basketball player. Maybe it's just a lot of these are so nuanced and, and specific to baseball that there just are more injuries. And okay. like you talked about the load that they do is, is pretty much every day for six months, five months pretty much every day. So over time, yeah, you're going to have wear and tear. I, I would say this current Jays situation is a little bit more than usual, but it's definitely not out of the usual to have injuries pop up like it's nothing, right? Like if you want to talk about the Yankees, like it's their team that's supposed to compete every year. And last year they had two of their best players, three of their best players injured for a good chunk of the year, right? They, you want to talk about pitching pitchers are either they got a blister or it's an elbow surgery. Like there's almost no in between, you know what I mean? It's, there's a lot that can go wrong, especially for pitchers. So yeah, no, in baseball. for sure. I, I, and I just don't know. Right. And mm-hmm. when you're talking about it, it's also like, like how, how many games are in this season? hundred and 162. Yeah. 162. Right. And so like the, you know, if a player is missing two weeks in other sports, that may be, I don't know, four or four five, five games. games. Yeah. At yeah. tops versus, you know, the, the MLB with, it's just so much more condensed, as you mentioned, almost every single day, having an off day um, is, is uh, kind of a ra- much more rare in uh, the blue in, in, in a baseball situation. So I, 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 I it's just, I guess, unfortunate and mm-hmm. yeah, unfortunate that it, it's these individuals that are out, but again, that's just kind of the, the sport of baseball. And yeah, I was, I was just wondering just because, yeah, I'm not it's, an expert on, tough. on any health sciences, Simon. I'm just kind of yeah, telling yeah. you my experience and yeah. my observation. So please, anyone, you, don't you're take an elite me as a doctor. 
right? So yeah, that's a good I point just, to make. That's true. You're 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 an elite <laughs> pitcher. And, and speaking of elite pitching, um, yeah. your boy had a had a pretty good had a pretty good week. Has had a pretty good season, Jacob. So t- tell uh, tell us about that. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, Jacob Degrom, it's just amazing. Um, kind of the same way you guys have heard Simon talk about Austin Matthews on the show is the way I feel towards Jacob Degrom. He is the best pitcher in baseball by far. And this past week, he had a complete game shutout, two hits, um, 15 strikeouts. But here's the stat I really just want to talk about for a sec, Simon. He's had four starts, okay? And he has more runs batted in because in the NL, pitchers hit. He has more runs batted in than earned runs allowed while pitching, okay? That's absurd. That's absurd. Like, first of all, pitchers, they're going to give up runs. That's part of the game. Second of all, pitchers don't hit. Okay, Simon? Jacob DeGrom does both these things. And he's just amazing. I just had to quickly plug that in. Um, I'm calling it right now DeGrom for Cy Young. Like, knock on wood, no injuries for him. But just, he is undeniably the best pitcher in baseball for so many reasons. Um, anyone who wants to discuss this with me, I won't discuss it with you because it's true, and there are no other viable options. So you I'm think very if he stays healthy, you think he absolutely really absolutely. okay okay. There's no one. There's no one who's who's near him. ALNL, nobody, and it's it grosses me out to like think that there are people that believe he's not the best pitcher in the world. But I okay. just had to quickly say that because he had such a amazing performance the other day, and and he's he's it's literally Simon. He's caused more runs as a hitter for his team than he's given up. That's insane. Yeah, that is, that's it's, it's weird to <sighs> I'm think so about. Fired up. I'm so fired up. Sometimes what I do when I can't sleep, I just watch interviews of Jacob Degrom. Just want to hear him talk about baseball. It's unreal. Sorry. Oh, Move old on. is he? He is. I have that right here. He is. It was a rookie in 2014. He is born on. June 19th of 1988. So he's 32. He actually made his debut when he was 26. Fun fact. And he was a shortstop coming out of high school and college. Pretty crazy. And he's been throwing harder every single year. Like his velocity has gone up every single year. Like he's just sitting at 100. You want to watch him pitch? He'll just sit at 100. It's unreal. I'm sweating. I'm sweating thinking about this. It's unreal. I keep saying unreal, but I'm just so fired up by this guy. <laughs> Uh, um, I, you mentioned uh, this week in, in one of our uh, conversations, your um, feelings, emotions towards uh, DeGrom are, are comparable to my emotions and feelings towards Matthews. And so um, if you to be fair, I think I think you may have a slight advantage because you also cheer for the team. Austin Matthews plays for, whereas I just cheer for DeGrom as the person. I do like the Mets, but I don't have nearly much as a no. stake in their, you know. Um, I also think mine's kind of borderline unhealthy, oh. inappropriate. <laughs> um, but that's for it. That's for me and my therapist to talk about another time. Uh, Jacob, let's talk about, uh, speaking of which, the Leafs, we are on fire with the transitions this podcast term like i don't even know what's going on it's just unreal we're just swerving through topics right now um so yeah let's, let's talk about the leaves here and um Jip, here is the current picture of the standings okay so we've got um we've got toronto uh on top they're looking pretty good okay um, 65 points. So that's an eight point lead over the Jets. And like, if you look at the games played here, like we have a pretty good handle on the North Division. Knock on wood. Like last night's win was huge for that, just because again, it was against the second place team, and they don't have like a ton of game in hands. So like, we're it's looking a four good. point differential, right? It's a four point spread if they lose that game. So. That's what I'm saying. Like it was huge, and like. It was a two. It was a two-game series against the Jets. So if the Leafs lost those two, they're tied, right? So those those were huge, huge wins against the Jets. And I, I don't want to break. 
I don't want to get into the, the the two Jets games, although super crucial that they won. And I saw like a lot of great things for them. Nick Foligno made his uh, debut. Um, good character wins. I want to talk about three key things that I think the Leafs need to address um, in the in the the not last nine games. I think eight or nine. I think the first one has to be the goaltending situation. I, I don't know what's going to happen here. Freddie traveled with the team. Freddie has been practicing with the team. Freddie has been spending time around the team. And I, I don't want to speculate on injuries because we, we just don't have any information. But two things I want to bring up about Freddie real quick, Sherm. A, if you look at the Leafs history with like injury disclosures, they've been very, very, very open. Like the, the Leafs have been one of the most open teams of in the NHL. They've said nothing about Freddie. Nothing. Zero. Undisclosed, undisclosed timeline whenever he feels ready. Hmm. He was also seen like rollerblading out in Vancouver with like, like, um, with Matthews and Thorne, right? And so if you're injured, like, are you doing that? I, or, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate. All I want to say is like, we need to figure out this goaltending situation. If it's going to be Campbell, fine. They got to they gotta put Campbell in that position. We got to start gearing up. Like the rest of the team is preparing for playoffs. You can sense it in the, in the, in the way Keith is starting to approach games in terms of how he is handling leads, how he is handling line matchups, all of these different things. I don't know what we're going to do with this goaltending situation. Dubas is very confident Freddie's playing. Do we put him game one? I don't know. I think you might. I think you might put him game one. I think depending on especially how he how he looks in practice, maybe get him a couple more games if you can before you know the regular season ends. Yeah. Just to well, see and I, and kind I, of where he's at. And I don't uh, injuries are not good. Never. But Hyman and Bogosian are potentially out for, till the end of the season, I think. LTIR them, and Freddie has enough room to come play these like these last couple of games. I don't know. I like. I would you I, I rather? Think, sorry, what you who say? would you rather have on the LTIR long-term injury reserve? Would you rather have Freddie Anderson there or Zach Hyman there? going into the playoffs. Like if you can choose one of these guys that's to have for the playoffs? playoffs. Yeah. That's crucial to your playoff success. Well, I, I think that's like a tough question because LTIR Answer doesn't exist, right off the head. but it doesn't exist in the playoffs. In the playoffs right. Yeah. However, saying, if you're saying who I would rather have for those like last five games in the regular yeah. season, I'd probably want Freddie. Cause I know what Hyman's going to do. He's going to see red in his eyes and attack anyone that, resembles the puck jacob anyone who who could potentially have the puck hyman's going to go after that person i want to see freddie right like if we can get somehow 20 like 16 2017 freddie that would be unreal that's a game changer it's a huge game changer and if you look at um the two losses against vancouver which we should not have lost those games it really came down to poor goaltending. Like if we get just 900 level goaltending, we're we're good. But Freddie hasn't been given that this year. Campbell sometimes gives us 9 920 925, but he's had bad games and he gets emotional and he gets under pressure, right? Like he's he's very hard on himself. Riddick hasn't been a good leaf yet. And so I think that's like the first Hutchinson. Hut, well, Jacob, stop. Please, please. Come on. Do, I think that's like the first thing they need to address is, is goaltending. Do you agree? Like, I think or in these nine games, like we need to figure it out here. It's gonna be Freddie, fine. Put someone LTIR. Let Matthews I rest. I disagree. Let Math let, let let Matthews rest for five games. I don't care. Tell say it's his wrist and put him on LTIR for five games. I don't care, right? Put Marner on. You know, Tavares wants a little break. Thornton wants a little break. Sounds perfect. I don't care if they play the last five games. Do you like? You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. You disagree. What do you disagree with? 
I disagree with what you said in terms of finding our goalie is the most important thing going into the playoffs. Um, I think I it's said important. one of them, one of three, one of three. Okay. Well, this could, this could bring you maybe to your next point then. Um, I think we've got to figure out how we're going to draw up the lines going into the playoffs. I think you've got to figure out who's going to work well and you just got to stick with that. You got to build yeah. some chemistry with guys, yeah. build some relationships and, and find out what actually works in these last now, 10 I, games. That's a good point. That's a good point. And I don't want to talk about the lines because I think that is a huge, huge part. You know, Keith's often um, praised about his like, ability to like jumble things on the fly but i do think it's important to to, to get some chemistry especially as, as again the runway to the playoffs is uh, a little bit closer but in, and it almost is kind of to my second area of emphasis here is establishing what the bottom six is gonna be right you know there, there's these like players that i think like are they gonna play are they not going to play? Who knows? I don't. All right. For example, Adam Brooks this year, right? He's played three games. He's had three points. And like, but like good, but Every like good player. points. Yeah. Point of game yeah. player. And like, he plays good. Are you taking him out? I, I, are you putting him? Are you putting Robertson in? Where does Riley Nash fit into this? It, it, Simmons and Thornton have been going recently. And so, do you take out Mikheyev? Probably not. He's your best penalty killer, right? And so the bottom six, I think, I think the, I think the top six are relatively easy. Felino's up there, Hyman's up there, Marner, Nylander. Top six, I don't like. I like. Yeah, we need. I think to your. So there's point, one like, guy. There's one guy you think that can kind of float around. Well, I, I don't know. I don't, you, yeah, I, you got five guys that you say absolutely top six. Yeah. Did I not say six? No, you said five. Sorry. Said- Neil- oh, sorry. And Galchenyuk. I think Galchenyuk, Galchenyuk deserves to be up there. But like, I don't know who, who do you take Spets? You're not taking Spets out. He's been great. And like his face-off wins is unreal. So I think like another area of emphasis that this last six games has to be, or sorry, last seven or eight games, and I don't even know, um, is... Who are your bottom six going to be? I think Nash is playing. I like, I think, I think he's going to play. I don't know who you're kicking out. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think Robertson's going to see any day unless bar, barring any injuries. And before we talk about line matchups, before we get into there, last thing, power play. We need to get a pretty our- easy solution. There's a pretty easy solution there. Just stack one power play. I'm done with these. I'm done with the, and that's what they've been doing recently. And they've been finding success. They're also getting more like they're getting more creative with the power play too, which was not a thing a couple games ago. Drop the pass, create depth, create separation. It's either Matthews or Marner bringing it in. That's always what's happening. That's and then on the other side, it's either Spezza or Nylander bringing it in. That that was their power play. I could, if I was the PK coach on the other team, I could scout the Leafs power play. It was very, very predictable. But these past two games in Winnipeg have been um, more creative. There's been more um, opportunity to get shooting lanes. There's more individuals looking for other options other than just giving it to Matthews in the high, in the high circle on the left side. Like they're, they're getting more options. Um, and so I think those are like the three real, like things that I'm going to be looking for in these last six games. And then I also think like, that's what Keith, I hope is, is I know Keith probably is thinking about these things, but I, I really think those are like very like area keys, keys of concern here. And, and Jacob, if what, what are your thoughts first, I guess, what, what are your thoughts on, on those kind of three areas of emphasis in, in these last little bit here? Yeah. So just to recap, you're talking about figuring a goalie situation, figuring out the lines, bottom figuring s- out, yeah, figuring out bottom six, figuring out, and then lastly, figuring out the power play. Yeah. I think those are all good points. And I think they're essentially what championship teams need to have figured out going into playoffs. And I think, Ideally, you want this to be figured out already if you are planning on contending. Um, the fact that we have to still figure these things out. Okay, maybe maybe 
allow a pass with the figuring out your lines, it's it's kind of a a good thing to have so many good players that you don't know who to put in your top bottom six. But in terms of having a solid goalie and not knowing what to do with your power play, when you have such stacked players, yeah. that's concerning. Yeah. So I do I do agree. The power play needs to needs to be something quick. Yeah, I agree. Um, cool. Okay. Yeah. And I and I, I also concur that, yeah, I think figuring out your top six when you have so many options, like that's a really, really great problem to have. But yeah, when we're paying four players half of our salary cap, we should have a lethal power play at this point. And we had a great one. Um, and and I believe Joshua Cloak. Uh, of the athletic did a really really great piece on like what happened to the power play and if anyone does have an athletic subscription please go check it out because it was really interesting and just talking about again as you've mentioned the Leafs for the longest time wanting to have two power plays and then the emphasis on the draw pass and all these things were like I think Keith has told Manny Maholcher like okay nope no more one plat one power play nope one more nope we're not doing this anymore and and starting to get a little frustrated with that um and if we if we may here, Jacob, let's let's talk about the lines here. And I and I and I took a screen grab, and I'm, I'm going to share my screen with your Sherm so you can see it. Um, this is the this is from uh, Coach Bombay. I follow him on Twitter. He's a fun he's a he's a fun uh, Leafs fan here. And this is like the best version of the Leafs kind of playoff lineup that like, I think is going in. I, like, I think this is, this is the best. Yeah. So let's, I'll, I'll just read them out for everyone. Yeah. So this is what uh, this, this man, coach Bombay and Simon co-signed on yeah. has for the playoff lineup. So the first line, Nick Felino, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, second line, Hyman, Tavares, Nylander, third line, Galchenyuk, Kerfoot, Simmons, fourth line, Thornton, Nash, Spezza. With the uh, defensive, I would switch these two. I would switch Galchenyuk, Galchenyuk, and Hyman. If you can have Hyman on your third line, you're unreal. Like I like yeah. the, I like the, I like the, uh, I like that. I like Kerf. Uh, sorry, Hyman on the third line, but I don't know. What do What do you see? What do you see here? Do you agree? With this? I might okay, so I haven't watched Riley Nash play really, and I'm just curious as to maybe putting Mikheyev on. I like what I've seen from Mikheyev. He's a big body. Um, he's I don't with, like, see him competence. Yeah, yeah. I see him maybe maybe not every game, maybe not every playoff game, but say Nash or Thornton or Kerfoot has a bad game or Simmons, I could see Mikheyev stepping in and, and producing a pretty good game. Yeah. Oh. This is, I think, this like the biggest bold here, Sherman. I think you're you're gonna like this. What are your thoughts on this on this defensive pair here? Because guess who's not in the lineup with 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 Coach Bombay here? Read read them out. Did you read the defensive pairs out? No, I haven't. So the defensive pairings he has are uh, Rasmus Sandin, TJ Brody first, um, uh, Muzzin and Hall second, Riley and Bogosian third. I think this is right on. I think Dermot better not touch the ice in the playoffs yeah um and we can do another argument about this if anyone wants to talk about it doesn't deserve to touch the ice riley doesn't deserve to be on the first line anymore no um i think being with bogosian i would either put him with bogosian or muzzin just someone who's gonna knock some sense into him say dude you gotta like figure it out because i'm gonna be doing my thing so you gotta be doing your thing and i think brody's like the kind of player he's new to the team um a little less ex- not not inexperienced, but he's he doesn't have the kind of the years under his belt that Muzner Bogosian does to kind of put someone in their place. So I hope Riley quieter. figures it out. Yeah, he's quieter, and he's not he's a great player. And I think Brody yeah. absolutely deserves to be on that first defensive pairing. But and Sandine, man, I, had, I know you haven't been like like watching the full games recently, yeah. but man, like he looks great, like absolutely unreal. Um, yeah, I think. Listen, like Dermot, like you have a special like like feeling toward Dermot in terms of gee, you just don't like how he plays. And I get it. Dermot to me I gave you my reasons. I've given my reasons. No, no, and I get it. I no, I sorry, let me rephrase. They're not unfounded. I just don't I just don't share to that extent. I think he's fine. But 
I agree that if we can construct a lineup that looks like this with him out, like you're laughing. I, I you're laughing. No, I would sure. like for to sure. see Hutton at some point, and I and I think like I think these like the last two or three games of of the year, I I think the lineups are going to look nothing like the playoffs. I'm pretty sure they're going to sit Matthews. I'm pretty sure they're going to sit you know Tavares, Nylander. Why wouldn't like why? You know what I mean? Like Tavares isn't going to sit. You know, Tavares no, he probably isn't. isn't. But you know what I mean? Like they're the, the, the not his program. Um, yeah. is but yeah, I no, I and I think I think. I think if Dermot, like if, if you can sit Dermot out, like you're good. And I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this looks really, really good. And hopefully Bogosian is back for the playoffs. I know he's got a shoulder injury right now for th- four weeks. So that would make him available for the playoffs. Uh, early May is the, is the playoffs May 14th. And so um, hopefully he's back at some point. And I think this would be again, fully healthy lineup. I think this looks really good. And <sighs> I, I, you know, he, Coach Wambe here has Campbell and Anderson, but again, it's such a toss up at this point. Who, who really knows what the organization's thinking? I'm sure they have a very clear plan and we were just not privy to it yet. Regardless, though, Sherm, you got to put them in before the first game. And I think both of you, I think both of us agree with that, right? Like, can you just put Anderson in cold game one of the playoffs? Do you think that is going to happen? Do you think they should no. do that? No, I don't think they should do that. Absolutely not. But 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 if they are planning on just putting him in cold to the playoffs, then yeah, game one is the game to do that. Like if they wanted to try Freddie out for the playoffs, then do it in game one. Don't do it in game three when we're down two nothing already, right? So yeah, yeah, if you're that's a, a good shot, point too. And that's a that's a really bad situation. Let's say Campbell shits the bed, like first game, just absolutely awful. You're gonna put a cold Freddie in game two. That's another issue. Month and a half, two months. Yeah, that's right? a that's a huge issue. I didn't even think about it that on the flip side, right? That's why like I'm here, so yeah, yeah. I mean, you're the better looking one of the of the hosts. You're the eye candy, but yeah, continue on. Whatever, I agree. I agree, Sherm. That's it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what happens because I think it's <laughs> this isn't an ideal situation, and I think this is like no. understated about like how big of a concern. These teams, you know, you look at Tampa, Vasilevsky, he's, he's your starter, right? You look at, yeah, you look at, at Vegas, for example, right? Boston, Rask, Vegas, you got, you got uh, Flurry and, or Leonard that can provide games to you, right? Um, You look at, you look at Avalanche. Okay. Grubauer, like you have these like key players, even like Montreal price, right? Like Edmonton. They're not making the playoffs though. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> and like that's the Edmonton, thing. Sherm. Mike Smith, right? Yeah, Mike yeah. Smith, Sherm, that... Take this and take this in. Okay, so we have four games with Montreal, right? If we sweep them, and the Canadian and and the Flames keep winning, like the Canadians could lose their playoff spot. Take I a look it was at the top three make the playoffs. No, 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 no. Top four. It's top four. So t- take this in. Look at this. Look at this. So right here. Right, we have. I just. Fo- I, sorry, go ahead, say? go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I, I just I don't think the fourth spot in the North Division is making much of a. No, I just think it would be unreal impact. for the for the Canadians to miss the playoffs. Look, man, four. Oh, that'd be that'd be look fun. At this, four four points. Mm-hmm. So that's that's unreal with a game in mm-hmm. hand too. Oh no, well the Canadians have a game in hand, but anyways. <sighs> Jacob, let's talk. Let's move on, or should we stay on hockey? What do you? What's your thoughts? Because um, I have some fun, I have some fun rule changes that I think. Okay, will, we'll save will, these for the end. We'll save. Yeah, these that'll be end. fun. Let's talk agree. about the most depressing team of Toronto, which man has not been said for a very long time. But you know, all good things come to an end. But, but maybe, but Simon, but yeah, Simon. yeah, maybe, maybe I'm speaking too soon. Maybe we, maybe we see the Toronto Raptors in the playoffs this year. Here is sir. I know that sounds absurd. If you would, if you've been listening to this podcast, that may sound absurd because we haven't given them much of a look for the Zero. past couple of weeks. Oh, um, we've just been ripping this team apart. <laughs> so they're currently in 12th place. But this year in the NBA, there's a play in tournament for the playoffs, which means the 10th place team has a chance to make the actual playoffs by winning the play in tournament. 
the Raptors are currently a game and a half out of 10th place after just having a four-game winning streak this past week, finally losing to the Knicks. But if they can close ground on Chicago and Washington, they have a chance to make the playoffs in this year. And this is just... That would... I saw a tweet. I think it was probably Sid Sixera who, who tweets a lot of random stuff. And but, it was a bad tweet, but do you agree? I don't agree with this, but yeah. It so was, he said, it, it's, it's significant, but I don't think it's, it's to the extent what he said. Yeah. Sure. So he said the Raptors making the playoffs this year is an all time, if not the all time Canadian or Toronto sports moment or sports story. Yeah. Something that does seem lines. a little, a little, you know, enlarged for this situation, but it would definitely be quite something to see this Raptors team make the playoffs. Jacob, I wonder how different this season looks if we had not been forced to play Aaron Baines every night. I would say we're somewhere around 60-0, and 0, somewhere around there. Um, no, no but in I all think- seriousness, though, right? Like, Look what happens when you have four game, four game winning streak, right? Right after we get Ken Birch and Freddie Gillespie. Yeah. Like when you have competent players, right? What, what, and you can't, you can't not, you can't not say this, but what happens if we didn't get ripped apart by COVID, right? Like we got to play with the cards. Like we got to play with the cards. Like, I don't know. Jacob, I think, you know, this podcast is grounded in facts. And, and we're very true to ourselves and we're rarely wrong, but maybe, maybe the Raptors aren't a bad basketball team. Maybe they're not made. Like, do you think they're wrecked here? Let's I'll ask you. No, this. I don't. I don't think they're a bad team. Simon. Do you I think, think their record bad though is accurate to their skill set? No, but, but let me say this. They haven't played with their actual team for many games this season, right? With COVID, with injuries, with trades. Like, they haven't played with their guys much at all this season. But as I said, their last four or five games, they've been playing well. And they've been playing with majority of their team. So, no, I'm not... I wouldn't want to be a team that, like, you know, plays a really good regular season like let's say the 76ers or, or the Nets or the Bucks, It has to face a team like Toronto in the playoffs. And I'm not yeah, saying Toronto's going to win. Fun. Yeah, but I don't think any of these high-ranking seeds want to see Toronto in the first round. I don't think the teams in the playoff rounds really want to see Toronto because, A, they've been there. They know what it's like to kind of fight in those playoff games. B, they're not a bad team. They're, like, there are – I would say they're better – than almost every team ahead of them. So as of right now, Raptors are in 12th. Then the Bulls are tied with them, but they're listed as 11th. And then the Wizards are in 10th. The Pacers are in 9th. The Hornets are in 8th. And the Heat are in 7th. But I think the Raptors are better than the Hornets, Pacers, Wizards, and Bulls. So I could very much see them making the playoffs. And you know what, Simon? I kind of, I'm kind of wanting it to happen now. I, a couple weeks it. ago, I was like tank, tank for the the freaking draft. But now, I want to, I want to see you guys actually like. I love when Toronto just comes from nowhere and people are like Toronto. Oh, the Raptors are here. Well, yeah, especially after here. this year too, right? Oh, With yeah. just all of oh, the yeah. setbacks, you know, relocating to Tampa, the the, the COVID situation, um, the you know selling at the deadline, the Kyle Lowry dilemma. You know, do you sell? Do you, do you, you know, like it, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And I completely agree. I do not think players or teams would be super like amped to see Toronto in the playoffs. I don't think they look at Toronto and be like, yeah, this is going to be an easy fight. Like Nick Nurse. Bro, he's a Cody. He's a Cody winner last year, right? He's like, you know, we've <laughs> Kyle Lowry is not gonna back down. You got, you know, you got Freddie, Fred, you know, got Freddie Van Vliet. You got um, Trent Jr. who can who can ball and make big big shots. OG, yeah, OG. man. Like oh, I don't I like that today. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, no. But for all the hate people have given Siakam this year, we've given Siakam this year. Oh, Siakam is the only player, the only player in the NBA right now 
who is top 10 in isolation efficiency on both sides of the floor. So this means when he's a one-on-one matchup, either offensively or defensively, he's in the top 10 in efficiency. So either he's scoring when he's one-on-one or he's defending you when he's, he's second in isolation defending in the whole league. Yeah. No. And like, I, I think it'd be fun to watch this team compete like, and go hard. Right. Like, I don't, we're not, we're not a contending team, but I'm down to watch them go against a scared scared 76ers. Oh yeah. But unfortunately they do have the hardest schedule. Yeah. Out of the whole league. So the next game is against the nets. That's fun. And then they have the, Oh, sorry. Their next game is against the cap. So that should be a win. But then they got the nets, the nuggets, the jazz, the Lakers, the Clippers which are all top three teams in their respective leagues. So that'll be fun. But then you have a couple games that are important. You got a game against the Clippers, sorry, not the Clippers, the Wizards and the Bulls. So those are pretty huge games, especially seeing how they do against those, those really good teams. If they can scrap out a couple wins here and there against the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Nets, that's awesome. Anyway, Simon, let's finish this off with... Um, a little, a little hockey game. I think you had ready. Yeah, I think I don't know, Jacob. I think we. I've I've talked about this a couple of times, but just like proposing, um, like, uh, league, like rule changes, and I this first started to come up last year during like the sports pause when sports companies were like dying to make content, and I think I think I saw this somewhere on like Sportsnet or like the Athletic and. I just thought it'd be kind of interesting. I'd love to get your take on it. So I have like four or five, and I think we can talk about all of them. We have time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to go from like like least egregious crazy to like most egregious kind of crazy? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So the first so the first kind of idea here is removing offsides. And instead of and oh, hold up, ah, 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 ah. and instead of instead of offsides, you just can't make a pass over two lines. So you have to be over, like so. It's not offsides. So like a player can be like for example in the offensive zone, but the player has to be over, like it can't be made in that defensive zone. So they have to be in front of the red line. Yeah, in front of their own red line. No, sorry, like, like over, like sorry, the over center, the center, yeah, line. over center. That's what I meant. Like it can't, yeah. it can't pass. The pass can't pass over two lines. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's yeah, I like that. I think that'd be kind of cool, right? Like it, it definitely encouraged like the flow of the game and like, like how many like unreal and like obviously like egregious offsides are gonna kind of, but like that would be prevented by this two rule pass. Right. Like there's not you can't cherry pick if there's if, the, if it's the two line pass. But I just think about like and even you probably even though you're like a casual watcher, like how many like unreal like offensive opportunities that are like just so close because of a blown a blown whistle of an offside, but like would be like an unreal opportunity for the for the for the for that like the end. Right. Like I just thought I just think I'd be kind of cool. But you, you'd be you'd be down if you were Gary Bettman. Yeah, I'm down. If I'm okay, Gary, cool. I'm down. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll move on to kind of a fun one. Any shot behind center ice, two goals. No. Why? That just seems weird. That's like hockey. It's goals been one point for all of time. And I don't, I don't really want to see guys just shooting from center now. Like, I want to see people actually creating chances. It's if it does that, first of all, the goalie's gotta to suck to let those in. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, like they should be like don't, because don't, it's such no. a low no. Shh, shh. Just like since it's such like a low, like low percentage shot, I don't think teams are gonna purposefully like shoot from center ice but like even just this past week there was like two goals that that were a result of just like just dump-ins on net that resulted in the puck going in like you're right like the goalie should be awful and like i don't know i don't know i think it'd be fun but you're not a fan of that one 
No, I'm not a fan. I don't think the players would be a fan either. What'd you say? I don't, I'm not a fan, and I don't think the players would be either. Okay, okay. I, again, the I just I found these from like Bleacher Report, Sinbin, Sinbin Las Vegas, The Athletic, uh, Elliot Freeman, all these ideas. Um, this one I think is less egregious and makes so much sense because I think it really does, and I I think this rule change has like the best chance to um, actually like be implemented in the league. And it's so like when a period ends with a team on the power play, the face off to open the following period should be taken from the offensive zone of the team. That's on the, that like with the team that's on the man advantage. I think that makes sense. Like why on a, on a, like why does the def, like the penalized team get the opportunity to take the puck out of the zone like why yeah no that's fair i, no, I think I, that i think I that one that, that i've read makes the most sense in terms of like yeah. the integrity of the game like why like that's a disadvantage to the the power play team yeah no that makes sense i'm You're with down you. with that one yeah i'm, I'm down um shootouts in the playoffs down i love shootouts i love shootouts although to be fair in the playoffs that's maybe not how you want like a series to be decided like take that in though imagine imagine hey simon what do they do in the world cup shootouts yeah Yeah. that's that's the biggest tournament in the world yeah in anything and they do shootouts there. So hey, even in the Olympics, in uh, like in round robin play and stuff like that, shootouts, right? So like high, high, like high stake games. I think that would just be unreal. Imagine like a like a like a like a like a, a league conference game, and it's just like three three, and you're gonna go into a shootout. Um, I think that'd be wild. So this last one, I uh, I found on uh, Reddit, and I don't know who the author is. <laughs> and so I, I apologize. It was on some like NHL chat board. And so basically this person suggested that um, there should be a playoff draft, allowing the top teams to select their opponent in the playoffs, which would hold up, hold up. And you got to understand this is like not heard of in North American professional sports, which would force teams or I not I guess not force because no one's forcing them incentivize teams to finish high in the regular season, right? So essentially, let me let me sorry. I gotta I gotta give you the rules first, Jacob. Okay, and okay, then okay, okay. And then and then you can tell me. So basically, to the two conferences would still have the eight playoff teams selected by the same way they currently are: top three by division and two wild cards. That's this is the old division with like regular. Um, not because of this North division and stuff like that. Like it's the old, old way or the, the previous mm-hmm. way, pre-pandemic. Each yeah. conference would only be allowed to play teams in their own conference until the final, which makes sense. That's rule one. Mm-hmm. Rule two, the division winner in each conference uh, with the highest number of points will select their first round opponent from any seven teams that have qualified for the playoffs. Then if not selected by the previous team, the other division winner, so the other division winner with less points, um, gets to select their opponent. And then the, the, the team with the highest point total that has not been selected would pick next until all four matchups are completed. And then the same process would occur in the second round, as well as uh, allowing the team with the most points of the four remaining to choose from the other three. What's your thoughts on that? I think this one's like the most uh, creative one I've, I've suggested. I like it. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty cool. Um, Cause a lot of the times, like you can have teams that are like the bottom seed, but with injuries, they could have had like a bad chunk of the season that moves them down. And you don't want to play them in the first round. Cause you know, they're fully healthy now. So I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. I really like that. I knew I you would. When I saw it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring this up to him because 
I really think it like adds another level to the game almost. Oh. I think they, the example that you just provided is just one of many different factors that come into, you know, like for example, the Leafs, let's say we finish in first. Do you, do you want to play Vancouver that just beat you three of the last four? three of the last five like you know like do you i don't know sherm do you like do you or do you want it first winnipeg the who technically is the second seed team but we've done really good like i just think there's like so much like like 17d chess playing going on with that option yeah i don't know about 17 dimensional chess but i definitely think there's a lot more strategy involved planning um and yeah i think because at the end of the day, like the team that does the best in the season should have the best chance to make it to the finals. So I think that's I think that's a fair idea. I don't think it'll ever happen, but I think it's fair. One can dream. And cool. One can dream. One can dream. All right. Okay, well, I thought. What? Sorry, just quickly. No. I thought you were going to go a different direction when you said draft. I thought you said, I thought you were going to say sorry that every team in the playoffs gets to draft a player from a team that didn't make the playoffs Ooh, i know I, that'd be wild though yeah <laughs> oh that would be goodness. i was like wow uh, um that would be cool but that's yeah. galaxy brain in that um yeah no anyways thanks uh thanks thanks for listening uh everyone who uh who still is and and, and again please uh check out our, our new website uh it's greatly appreciated sixpod.com number six uh followed by an ix pod com that kind of rhymes it's kind of cool um and yeah check us out please uh please do us a, a, a solid there and yeah keep an eye out for some more content and uh a lot of things like that we uh we hope you have an, a wonderful week and uh we'll see you next week thank you